Welcome back to Marriage Monday. Thanks so much for joining with me. My name is Dave Berenger, and this is my podcast to help you grow your marriage one Monday at a time. Today, we're talking about destroying an apology. Now, I guess I could have gone at this from the more positive standpoint of how to have an apology, do an apology, and maybe that's a whole other podcast. But today, I think we all know what an apology is, but many times we don't understand that we can actually have actions or ways that actually just pull it apart, dismantle it, destroy an apology to get to the place where our apology, the I'm sorry, just honestly is just a shell of what it was and nobody takes it seriously, specifically your spouse. And so what I want to do is give you kind of a step-by-step of things to not do so that your apology stays true, it stays a, a club in the back, so to speak, something that you can utilize to help make restitution and help bring your hearts together, especially during times of fracture and offense. So if you're wanting to improve your apology, please uh, do not do these things. First of all, throw the word but in there. I'm sorry, but and you just lay out every reason why you're not really sorry. I mean, let's be real. When you're throwing the word but into the end of an apology, what you are essentially doing is you are contradicting anything you said before you're about to say what you're about to say. I'm sorry, but you did it first. So you're not really sorry. You're just letting them know, hey, this is your fault. I'm sorry I said that, but I was frustrated. You know, you may have been frustrated and that could be could be the explanation, but right there, you're actually giving an excuse for doing what you did. Now, granted, let's be real, that there may be a moment and a time to actually talk through and to give an explanation for why things happened that way. But we have to see that there's a difference between an explanation and an excuse. And many times when we're throwing the word, I'm sorry, but, you throw that word but in there, we're actually giving ourselves an excuse for doing what we did rather than showing the humility that we ought to be showing to apologize and to own what we just did. Number two, if you want to destroy your apology, then have incongruent body language. I'm talking about having body language that doesn't match what you are saying. Body language, it's it's more than just... uh, you know, I'm just kind of having something with my my shoulders and with my face. I'm talking about your eyes. I'm talking about uh, the direction for which your body is facing. I think we've all seen that with kids, whether we've worked with kids or we've got kids of our own, nieces, nephews, cousins. We've known that when we've talked with individuals and they're rolling their eyes or their bodies are facing the other direction, um, we know that they're not really engaged. In fact, something that we used to say to our kids for years is, listen to me with your eyes. In other words, pay attention. Well, Dad, I'm listening to you. Dad, I heard everything you said. I'm not sure you did because of your body language, because your body language is not aligning with the things that are coming out of your mouth. I'm sorry. They're not looking at me. You're not really sorry. I apologize. You know what? The, the way that your eyes won't even lock in with me doesn't, it's not congruent with what you are saying. Your body language says so much. I mean, even think about this. When I teach and I talk about the idea of communication, what do I say normally? Communication is timing, it's tone, and technique. Two of the three of those elements are nonverbal. Technique and timing has nothing to do with your tone. I guess technique, okay, technique maybe can have a little bit little bit with tone, but tone is kind of its own thing. 
We have to understand that our body language has to line up with the apology. So if we are saying, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Lock eyes with that individual. Put the phone away. Silence the phone. Make sure the kids are in the room, in-laws, friends, family. Be in a place where they have your full attention and they know that because of how your body and your, and your countenance is lined up with them. Number three, apologizing for your spouse's reaction apologizing. Instead of apologizing for your spouse's offense, you're apologizing for their reaction. Uh, Have you ever heard somebody say this to you? You know what? I'm sorry that you feel that way. I mean, it starts off like it's a, a good apology, but all of a sudden they just throw in there, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I mean, this is kind of like the but answer. Like, I'm sorry, but it's not, they're not owning it. They're actually kind of throwing it on you. And it's not really an apology. And it's kind of like somebody looking at you and saying, you know what, Uh, you've got some feelings um, and let's be real, that's all on you. So what you have to do is is focus on apologizing for your actions and not your spouse's actions and not your spouse's feelings, not your spouse's issues. Own what you have done. It's a great opportunity to revisit statements like, I'm sorry that I did this, that I account, that I uh, forced this, that I reacted like this. I statements, you're owning things. And that leads me toward number four, because it kind of goes along with it, is not validating your spouse's feelings. When you say, I'm sorry that you feel that way, you're just pushing off their feelings and almost telling them that their feelings are wrong or they have no right to feel those things. But apologize and own what you've done. And what is important is to validate what your what your partner is feeling in that moment. Does that mean their feelings are necessarily right or wrong? That's not the goal of this. The goal is to simply meet them where they're at, to show them your full attention and to be fully present. And one of the best ways is to simply say, hey, I'm sorry about this. I recognize that you're hurt, that you're angry, that you're frustrated over this situation. I recognize that because it's just something about recognizing that that gets a spouse to hear, okay, my spouse is with me right now. And many times spouses are, are utilizing so much time and energy just trying to make sure that my partner knows how I feel. When you recognize it, they don't have to work for that now. Now they're working on things like forgiveness and grace and all of those wonderful things instead of spending so much time to make sure my spouse gets me. So if you are just going to not validate your spouse's feelings, you're adding on more work than is necessary. And you're also telling them, even though feelings are not the most important thing in the world, they are still very important things to experience. Lastly, showing no desire to improve. You want to destroy an, not an argument, I keep wanting to say argument. If you want to destroy an apology, then what you want to do is just simply show zero desire to improve. I mean, let's just be real. If you're just giving the pandering, I'm sorry, fine, I'll, I'll get better, but you have no desire to do it. You are literally destroying not just the moment, but apologies that follow after because it's going to get to the place where, and I get these spouses coming to me, I want change, but I already know. My spouse will apologize, but they just tell me, but I'm not going to change. I'm here to say that one of the most constant things that you will ever experience in life is this, change. You're going to experience change in your life, change in your body, change in your circumstances. But for some reason, of all the things that we fight, we fight change. I talk with couples a lot about this, that listen, um, we've been married, uh, my wife and I married almost 26 years this spring. We've been together almost 29 years. I'm here to say that the young lady that I met 29 years ago is not the same young lady I'm married to right now. And it's the same thing. 
She met me 29 years ago, and I'm not the same individual. Why? Because of life circumstances, situations, college, marriage, kids, turning 30, turning 40, coming close to 50, uh, things that have happened in our life, COVID. I mean, we can go down the list. Things bring change. And so we have to understand life causes us to change but when we purposely refuse to change because of our own pride listen it's not that it's not you that you're protecting you're actually breaking apart the marriage by refusing to own and to apologize listen apologies are not about destroying apologies are actually there to fortify your relationship and it's not always easy but it takes humility, it takes self-awareness, and it takes emotional maturity to swallow your pride, admit you are wrong, and to own it, and then to go into the mode of simply saying, if there's change that needs to happen, I'm willing to have that change. And when you do it, it doesn't break up um, your spouse's view of you. It actually builds it. It fortifies it. And what we want to do is when it comes to apologizing is to be the people that are willing to humble ourselves and say, hey, I can, not only can I be wrong, but in this moment, I know I was wrong. I own it. I ask for forgiveness. And I want to do what I can to be a better spouse so that we together can be a better marriage. Lots of stuff to work on, lots of stuff to talk about. So I hope that you and your spouse will have some conversations this week and talk about apologies. And instead of saying, here's where you fall short, I would invite you to just go in to say, and to say, here's where I think I fall short when it comes to apologizing. So let's do what we can to fortify this and to get our apologies better. Love y'all. Have a great Marriage Monday. We will see you next week. God bless.